Welcome to the Dasco, Reverend Randy Impact's anointed teaching ministry. This message is selected from the vast teaching archives of Reverend Randy Impact. As you listen, may you be blessed and imparted with divine wisdom. And now, today's teaching. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. That means that you are never supposed to stop praying. The mother of success is prayer. Luke 18.1 The Bible says, He spoke a parable unto them to this end. It says, Men ought always to pray. So the question is, when are we supposed to pray? The answer is always. Are you a man? Are you a woman? Then this instruction is for you. You don't pray only when there's an emergency. But you pray because you're a man. It means the instruction is for human beings. It says men ought always to pray. The word ought means that it's a matter of necessity. Ought is an old English word which means that men must always pray. If you are happy, pray. If you are sad, pray. If you have money, pray. If you don't have money, pray. So prayer is not limited to anything. But you see, most Christians only pray when there is trouble. That's why they are not able to withstand a lot of things. The Bible says pray so you don't enter into temptation. So it is your prayer life that will prevent temptations from coming into your life. No man of God can avoid certain things in your life. But if you become a man or woman of prayer, your prayer can avert temptation. This year, any temptation the devil has planned for you, may your prayer divert it from your life. I said, may your prayer divert it from your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus was powerful because he was prayerful. You can never be powerful until you are prayerful. Mark 1.35 Bible says, early in the morning, Jesus wake up and go to a solitary place and pray. This is the son of God. He was praying every morning. How is your prayer life? Many of us have big desires, big dreams, but they are not supported by prayer. That's why we never see them happening. But this year, may God revive your prayer life. David prayed multiple times in his life. David was a great king. In Psalm 55 verse 17, the Bible says, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray. That means that David prayed three times every single day. Sometimes I ask people, why are you not praying? And they tell me, I am busy. And they are uh, usually government workers or they are running their own business. Could you have been more busy than David? David was administering the whole territory. He was a king. God spoke highly of him. But David said in the evening. That means that David saw prayer as the source of his power. The source of his influence. Anything you receive in your life that did not come through prayer. Don't be too excited about it. Because what you don't receive by prayer can be a manipulation and a placement by the devil in your life to affect 
your walk with God. So people are going to marriage, but they have not prayed. The devil saw your prayerlessness and put somebody who would disturb your future into it. Some people have money and they did not pray. The devil actually gave you that privilege so that the money would take you away from God. Some people have certain job opportunities. They did not pray. They think it is a breakthrough. That's why you are no more coming to church. Because if you prayed, God can actually give you a job that will never take you out of church. That will never take you out of his presence. And yet give you more pay than what you are looking forward to. That's the miracle that prayer can do. So prayerlessness takes a lot away from us. And I pray that God will give you wisdom to pray. David prayed three times. He says, I will pray and cry aloud. So there's a type of prayer that is crying aloud. There's a prayer that you are gentle. And there's a prayer that you are screaming. And he says, and he shall hear my voice. So you need to understand that prayer must be so important to you that you don't even do it only once. If kings pray three times, what are you supposed to do? You are not a king yet. I mean, physically. Daniel was a government official. He was working 9 to 5 p.m. every day. And yet the Bible said Daniel prayed three times in a day. When we hear the story of Daniel, we hear that Daniel was lowered into a lion's den and lion could not eat Daniel. Didn't you read that they put another man in the den and, and the lion ate the man? So it's not Daniel. It's his prayer life. His prayer life is what created an atmosphere. A firewall around him that prevented lions from consuming them. If you are prayerful, no lion in your family, no power in your family shall be able to prevail against you. This year, I prophesy grace unto your life. That God will revive your prayer life. That no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Put your hands together for Jesus. Prayer is the key. This is how he became successful. Now, let me quickly run you through six secrets that will help you build a successful prayer life. Now, someone will say that, Pastor, now I want to pray, but I don't know how to pray. So, you are like the disciples who asked Jesus to teach them to pray. You know, prayer is a spiritual exercise, but there is a way to go about it. You know, after this sermon, you can be so excited and say, I'm going to pray, but you cannot pray. You can start, but then you realize that you are not able to pray because there's a way to pray. It's a teach us how to pray. So I want to teach you how to pray. Number one, to be able to be successful in prayer, the first thing you need to know is that you must determine to build a prayer life. You must determine. Determination is required in prayer. So until you have a determination, you can never have a prayer life. You must determine and understand that prayer is good for me. My next level is going to be dependent on my prayer life. Romans chapter 12 verse 12. It says rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. The phrase instant in prayer, it means persistence. You see, the Amplified says constant in prayer so the instruction on prayer is constancy that's why nothing seems to be happening in your life it says instant in prayer 
Prayer is not something that you can credit. Prayer is supposed to be instant. It's supposed to be constant. Prayer is a necessity for survival for the believer. The more you are praying, the more you are living. The less you are praying, the more you are dying. Without prayer, you cannot live. You cannot survive. I remember when I was a businessman and I started my business, but nothing was happening. And, you know, rent was coming, light bill was coming. All my workers left. I was the only one because I could not sustain their existence in the office. One day, one of my workers came to me and he said to me, he said, every afternoon, the last worker is in London now. He said, every afternoon, all you say is that, go and buy roasted plantain. And I told him that, you know, we are young people, we need to eat healthy. But the guy didn't believe me. I said, I was alone. Very creative, very skillful, very dynamic, but the thing wasn't working. Can I tell you something? Things don't just work. You know, some people, you are doing something, it's working at a certain level, but God can actually make it a global thing. That's where God actually wants to take it. But you see, because your flesh and your aspirations and your desires is so small, you have settled to think that this is all. At least I have a job. At least I have a business. At least I have a family. God wants to give you more but he can only give you more in the place of prayer. So one day as I was looking at the whole situation, I closed the office. I went to my house and I began to pray. I prayed for about two hours. Then my phone rang and I picked the call. He said, hello? Are you Randy? I said, yes. He said, Come to East Ligon right now. I say, who are you? He said, you can't ask me that question. He mentioned the name of the company. He said, come here right now. I said, wow. So I realized that most of the things, the results we are getting is from our flesh. But God can give you more if you can pray. That day, the man met me for the first time, gave me a contract, signed the contract instantly. I went to the car shop, bought my first car, paid in full, Walked out of the car shop. That was the first time I was buying something. I never said, Oh, Braform Kakra, you are not praying. Tell your neighbor you are not praying. When you don't pray, you will beg. I'm telling you, God did not make you a beggar. But if you can pray, help will be released from heaven to you. You see, the day the man was signing the contract for me, his manager said, Boss, the money is too much. The man who doesn't know me from anywhere, he just looked at me. He looked at his boss. He said, this man looks like a rich man. He deserves my money. Even if he has overcharged me, let him have it. He looks like a rich man. What? That's what prayer can do. When you pray more, you talk less. Because prayer can bring you results. Young woman looking for a husband, pray. Young man looking for a wife, pray. Anybody who has a vision in your heart, start with prayer. Listen, I wanted to start a business, Carries Group, and I went to Atria Mountains. I was not coming to start a church. My calling came later. I went to fast for 44 days without solid food just so that God would give me grace to establish a business. So when I look at some of the business people around, I see that they are not ready for God to use them 
for the advancement of his kingdom. You know, you can do business and it's like, oh, if I get $10,000 every month, then you see, you are selfish. That's why you think that way. But God wants to channel 100. God is looking for somebody who can actually receive $100 million. Because that person must be somebody in the closet of prayer with a bedding for the kingdom. If what you have is good for you and your family, you are not blessed. But God is looking for people who say, God, I know it is in your heart to build 4,000 churches in 10 years for this ministry. God, if you are looking for somebody to fulfill this, God, I'm not a preacher. I'm a businessman. But give me the resources to be able to access those resources. It's not by skill. It's not by intelligence. You need a certain prayer life. That will cause God to channel and traffic these dimensions into you. I watched a clip of John D. Rockefeller, the first billionaire in America. Then I understood why we don't have kingdom financiers. Because we don't have men of prayer. The man went on his knees and he was praying. I mean, he was coming from a very poor home. The documentary was done by History Channel. History Channel is a non-religious organization. They just document history. And if you are here and you have access to YouTube, go and type the men who built America. History Channel could not live out the prayer life of John D. Rockefeller. The man John D. Rockefeller went on his knees and he actually prayed and prayed and prayed and said, God bless me so I will be a blessing. In my generation, I want to be a blessing. I want to advance the kingdom of God. God bless me. Listen, the reason why you are not praying is that your appetite has been satisfied. John D. Rockefeller prayed. He didn't even have a business or so nothing. He was praying. One day he prayed and the Holy Spirit told him, get up and go to, at that time, the richest man in America was called Vanderbilt because he controlled all the train network in America. And the Holy Spirit told Rockefeller, go and tell him that you will be able to supply oil for all his trains. And then he went on his knees and he prayed. And when he prayed, the Lord told him, don't go this day. That day, the train had an accident. He said, go the following day. When John D. Rockefeller went to the house of Vanderbilt, the rich man was smoking cigar and he had wine and all those things and he offered him. And John D. Rockefeller said, no, I don't drink. Many people are actually terminating the consecration for their greatness. John D. Rockefeller told the billionaire he doesn't drink. I was so shocked that in that interview, when Vanderbilt asked him, take wine, take the hard liquor. He said, no, I don't drink. He said, it is because he's firm, he's disciplined. He knows what he wants and he knows what he does not want. And when they transacted, it is said, from that transaction, God transferred all the wealth of Vanderbilt into the hands of John D. Rockefeller. John D. Rockefeller, Vanderbilt Bizarre, he said, me trains in the door, so I have many trains. How much oil can you power my trains? and John D. Rockefeller because he's been praying the Holy Spirit told him promise him a hundred barrels a day they signed the contract when he got home his backyard he had a very small house his backyard oil started coming out oil started coming out oil started coming out that's how John D. Rockefeller drilled oil in his backyard 
and became the first billionaire in America in the 18th century. John D. Rockefeller is stated to have committed in the 18th century. They calculated all the money he gave to the church. It was $100 million 18, 200 years ago. It is John D. Rockefeller that said it is a shame for a rich man to die rich. The Supreme Court of America tried to break because the monopoly was too much. It was John D. Rockefeller that called government to a roundtable discussion and told government that I can sponsor the economy, but this is my condition. Put the Ten Commandments in every classroom. Before in America, Ura classroom, we are not Ten Commandments. It's John D. Rockefeller who put it there. John D. Rockefeller called missionaries. He was a businessman, an oil dealer. He called missionaries. He said, you, 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 go to Africa. I'll take care of your salary. I'll take care of your children. I'll take care of your wife. Go and preach the gospel. He employed missionaries on monthly salary. Ah, what a man. What a man. He made wealth so purposeful. Many of the churches you see in Africa, they were planted by John D. Rockefeller. God gave him long age. His impact was so great. In all of this, you know, John D. Rockefeller was the first billionaire in America. That's not easy. He knew he was a billionaire. He knew that he was in the Baptist church. It is said that John D. Rockefeller never missed a church service. And do you know the department John D. Rockefeller was joining? First billionaire in America in his church. He was in the janitorial department. That means John D. Rockefeller was the one cleaning the toilet in the Baptist church. Go and read about him. One day John D. Rockefeller had cancer. And the doctor said he had five years to live. And he told God, if I live, who will sponsor the kingdom? That's the prayer he prayed. And he gave an offering to the church. And he lived so many years on. God is looking for men. But he will find them on their knees. God is not looking for people who are looking for houses. And that one is a common dimension. If a man can rise up and say, God, make me that kind of person. Single-handedly. That I can advance your kingdom. God will raise you up. One day I said in my heart. I just went to church. I was a young guy. Nothing was working. They gave me an envelope in church. And I gave it back to the usher. When I sat down, I said, God, how long would I continue to give you change as offering? Because when I read the book of Acts, I read that people were giving houses and lands as offering. These are people that lived way beyond my civilization. I said, God, can you make me more? Can I come to church and hand over document to the pastor and say, this is the document of a fully finished church building. I didn't have a business that was functional. It's not about how much you are earning. It's about how much more you want to earn for the sake of the kingdom. That's why men must not settle. Men must rise up. Men must rise up. This is where you begin to pray. Because you realize that your current capacity is only for you and your family. And you have become irrelevant to the kingdom of God. So you begin to pray. God make a way. God make a way for me. May I be counted among those. Who you raised in their generation. Bible calls women like Joanna. Who used to sponsor Jesus' ministry. Would you become like one of those people? Only prayer. God can use you. God can make you great. The last report I read about John D. Rockefeller. 
they said after 200 years the amount of money he left behind if all his grandchildren live like millionaires that means flying private jet doing all these things it would take all his grandchildren 100 years to finish all his money I said Jesus that means he needs after 200 years he's still richer than many people alive because he acquired the wealth on his knees that's the power of prayer many of you your marriage is on the rocks because you are not praying your finances is on the rock because you are not praying you come to church but you don't pray if you make prayer your life i'm telling you this is not who you are oh. this is not who you are i'm a product of prayer it's prayer that has distinguished me i used to be here in this town but my life is a life of prayer i'm always praying and god has been able to do something that's the same way god will be able to do something with your life i came to challenge you that pray be a person of prayer determined to pray determined to pray number two choose a time to pray don't leave prayer to chance david said evening and morning and noon so choose i've chosen 12 to 2 a.m choose if you don't do this you can never pray number three pick a place to pray that's luke 22 39 to 41 number four use a list to pray sometimes when you go into prayer you don't know what to say again but anytime you go into prayer have a list you see we deal with god by faith somewhere last year i started this with my wife every 11 p.m to 12 a.m we pray but and as we are praying we list things we say god do this for us god do this for us and you see after some weeks or days as we go into prayer we go back to what we have prayed about and then we see that oh so it gives a boost our faith in prayer there's a way to pray number five keep records of prayer that means as you are praying write a date write a time write results write duration me i never pray without a timer this is very important get an accountability partner i'm not saying concert partner jesus used to pray with his disciples there are people here i am the accountability partner in prayer sometimes you want to pray but why am i so there are people here i come here 12 a.m to pray but when i start prayer and i don't see them i send for them hallelujah i because i am their accountability partner and some people when we end the prayer they are still praying that should tell you that soon soon pay all of us need people if you can be honest with yourself you know prayer is good you can tell people like me, me when you tell me i want you to help me to pray i'll help you to pray without prayer you cannot succeed god bless you for listening to this message subscribe to reverend randy impact on youtube and all other digital platforms to receive more messages that will transform your life Stay connected and prosper.